Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of UGA Sports Live. Thank you for joining us on a Wednesday night instead of a Tuesday afternoon. My apologies for running about six minutes late. Right before the show started, my uh, Surface Pro laptop just completely died. So that was great. That was just lovely. <laughs> Technical difficulties aside, we're glad you have joined us. I mean, and the show would have been better if you had just left it alone, right? Yeah, pretty much. I, I would have. Uh, uh, Dane Young and Jim Donnan have joined us. Dane Young, our executive producer, couldn't help me because I'm not anywhere near him. And of course, Jim Donnan, the only reason you guys are tuned in at seven o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday evening to talk to us. So I uh, appreciate you guys being here. Appreciate all our fans. Appreciate all the viewers. Appreciate everybody who shares this. It means a lot to us. Of course, also appreciate our uh, partners at Dead Soxie, Academia Brewing Company, Your Pie Restaurants, and of course, Athens Ford. Uh, Coach, it's uh, today was the Georgia's turn to go through the SEC Media Days gauntlet. Georgia had a fantastic contingent of students there. I thought they picked three fantastic representatives for UGA and Nolan Smith, Cedric Van Pran, and Stetson Bennett. I don't think you could pick three better guys to represent your university. And, of course, Kirby Smart held uh, the stage as the reigning national champion. He was introduced that way. I thought it was kind of cool. It's uh, been a long time since anybody could say that. And I thought he had a pretty good day. I just want to get, kind of get your overall opinions before we get into some of the clips from the day. So we got some great clips for you to watch. But, uh, Coach, give me your thoughts on the overall presentation Georgia put out there. I thought it was really an awesome day for uh, Georgia Bulldogs. Just uh, a lot of pride there listening to all the different uh, venues, different people and the different uh, types of uh, CBS, ESPN, all the different people that were there. Uh, recognizing the fact that uh, even though Georgia has lost a lot of good players, that uh, certainly going to be a team but very much in contention. And when you look at all the uh, players that we know we have, I guarantee you they're going to okay. be in contention. So, um, but a very good job by all three of our athletes on the stage. Uh, they did a good job of, uh, you know, really talking up our team and and not catching up any flack about the other teams. And you could tell that they were very much uh, geared into uh, talking about what we need to do to win and being part of a team. And that's what Kirby's uh, meshed together here with his staff. I also thought Kirby was just uh, very relaxed, uh, very uh, to the point. He had a good message up there that he, he wanted to deliver that, you know, even though we had lost some players, we really had some good guys in the wings and that he had a good plan to uh, get them ready to go and answered all the questions that were sent his way, I thought, pretty succinctly. And then, he, you know, you have to go around. I don't know if everybody realizes just what you see on uh, the SEC network is just a little bit of what happens. You have to go to the uh, – do an in-person deal with uh, CBS with all the – guys that cover our game like Gary Danielson and Brad Nessler and the producer, uh, they, you spend 10 or 15 minutes with them. You spend 10 or 15 minutes with just the TV by itself. You spend 10 or 15 minutes with uh, the print media and then the, just the local media. He, he lets you, uh, Claude Felton sets them up so they can ask some questions by themselves. So it's a really uh, kind of what we call car wash. You go through everything there and, uh, get your uh, tires cleaned and everything. So it, 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 it's a good way to uh, promote the program. And uh, as you uh, finish up the day, then all of a sudden people on Sports Center are asking about Georgia. And uh, Greg McElroy was on there just a little while ago talking about Stetson Bennett and our team. So I, I really uh, – if you're a Georgia Bulldog fan today, you just had to be uh, very proud. And there's nothing wrong with strutting your stuff. I mean <laughs> – uh, when you when you've got it, you can strut it. Obviously, there's a real fine line between talking about last year and talking about what you're going to do this year. But you got to do it when the band's playing. And uh, I thought there was a real fine uh, balance there that uh, of being proud of what we did, but also letting everybody know that we're not going to rest on our laurels and we're going to go out there. And as Kirby said, we're going to be the hunter. We're not going to be hunted you know, he you know and I t our fans get to listen to me talk about the reason I don't think we'll ever get complacent here is just because of quality of players we have the self-survival out there practice I mean you're going out there every day against a 
four or five star player competing for a position going against somebody on the other side just like that. And if you want to slack off, you cannot do it because everybody's on GPS system. So you've got to, it's like if you're doing a stress test and they, they am stress test and they got a monitor on you monitoring your heart. They're doing the same thing with every Georgia player measuring his miles per hour, how fast he's running, what he's doing when he's resting. And, uh, you know, coaches monitor you too, but that guy on the GPS that's over there with that computer, if you're not doing what you're supposed to, he tells Kirby, and then all of a sudden Kirby's got that microphone and he <laughs> he belittles you to the rest of the team. You know, what's wrong with you, 86? Or why aren't you doing this? You know, so it's a pretty good, pretty good motivational factor to know that you're going to get get stressed out there and and do your best in practice. Roddy, you know how I like to find uh, old pictures of coach in action. How about one from SEC media days here? Oh, there you go. Is that me doing the yo-yo or what am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) Which players, like, how do you decide which players you take to these things? And do you remember any of the players you took to media days from Georgia? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a nice looking suit there. I don't even know if I still have that. That's like 25 years ago. Uh, It hangs loose on you today, though. I was pretty young there. Uh, I don't know. uh, is that Mark Slayball talking to me? Got to be a young Mark Slayball. Yeah. I think that's the last time he ever spoke to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Somebody's going to get a text message about that one. No, he, <laughs> he, he, doesn't, he doesn't affiliate with me. And that's fine. But anyhow, uh, that year, I know we had uh, Richard Seymour uh, uh, and uh, – I don't remember who else w- w- was on that one, but maybe maybe Champ. I know Champ went one year. Uh, he wasn't too fired up going in that small plane that we were taking. <laughs> we don't have the we didn't have the luxury of the planes that uh, they got nowadays. I mean, Orville, Orville and Wilbur Wright flew in our plane. <laughs> you did it in Hoover, was, right? It was in Hoover every year for you. Yeah. It was yeah. life or death every time you got in that plane, man. <laughs> but recruit, but coach, uh, you mentioned complacency, and that's uh, we have a clip from Kirby Smart talking about that because when he got up there and he did his opening statement, and I appreciate him thanking the media first. That was a nice touch of him made made us feel good. But he says that he had already been through that uh, car wash, as you mentioned. He says I've been asked fifty times about complacency. You guys can go ahead and ask, but. I tell you, we're not going to be complacent. No, you know, I've been asked, is Georgia going to be hunted, as you mentioned? And he said, you know, we're going to be the hunter. Uh, so, Dan, if you would, run a clip about Kirby, because that was, that was the theme. You know, you won it once. Now are you guys just going to coast? And Kirby, no matter how many times he's asked, he just can't get through to people that that's just not his M.O. So feel free when we open up for questions to ask me the concern there is for complacency. That does not concern me in the least, because to be complacent, you have to have done something and achieved something. The men on this team for this season have not done that. They have not. We had 15 players that are now gone to NFL uh, camps or draft picks. They're gone. And we have some returning players, but they're hungriest ever. There you go. Uh, Coach, as you pointed out, He's he's he still has that intensity, and he still has his coaches watching everybody. He's got the the GPS tattletale on these guys, making sure they can't don't do it. But I remember he was asked numerous times, "Can you sum up what this team is?" And he says it's hungry because a lot of those guys who were I don't say you know left behind, the guys who didn't go into the NFL, they want their shot at the NFL. They know that yeah, yeah we want a title, but. I still got to make it to the NFL. I can't just coast on that. I'm not going to get drafted for the hell of it. So uh, I don't think you're going to see a huge drop off. No, we're not. And you don't get to see everything on SEC Network. But he did have a separate interview with uh, some SEC guys, uh, kind of a roundtable thing. And uh, they they asked him what keeps him motivated and, and what every night when he goes to bed what what gets him going and he said the fact that i promised these uh parents and these young men i'm gonna do everything in my power to make them uh, the best athlete and get the most out of them and the most academic uh success they can have and uh, i really believe that I, I just that's his mo and i thought that was a really good answer that 
Uh, most coaches uh, bear that burden. I mean, you you want to make sure that you do everything you can and provide every resource to to make a guy uh, fulfill his uh, or attain the level of success that you can can get from him. And some of them in NFL, some of them might be be the the best deep snapper you could be or the best cover <laughs> guy you could be, whatever it might be, you know, uh, and everybody's got a role on the team. And uh, I just think that we certainly stress the team atmosphere. It's not any kind of hunky dory. I mean, the, the good teams uh, have that. And he also talked about, about, uh, about how people fail uh, uh, when they have success. I know that, that they do a lot of history uh, about you know the Roman Empire going down from within the uh, uh, the the Miami Dynasty after they won a couple of years what happened to them uh, I've talked to them about the Oklahoma situation where we had everything going for us and then kind of fell from within with some of the discipline areas that we had so it's just you got to make sure that you look at history because it's hard to repeat I mean there's not a t- lot of teams that do that and. Uh, you know, we'll have some good questions here tonight, but we don't want to just keep talking about what he said over and over because uh, I think the questions are what's important now. But the, the biggest deal was if you had to give Georgia uh, a, a grade on the day as far as how it was presented around the country, if you didn't know anything about the University of Georgia until today, you would have been thinking, holy moly, I can see how they win. I mean, that's what I would have thought. Fans well, ought not take it for granted, though, because if you look at LSU, had one of the best teams in the history of college football in 2019, and now they have a whole new regime in there, and it just floundered. Uh, Clemson it looked unstoppable for multiple years in that conference, and then all of a sudden last year, not quite the same beast. It's very difficult to be at the spot that Georgia is. It's also very difficult to stay there. So I think these questions are fair, but I think the way that Georgia answered them was really strong. Yeah, and it's something that to be considered there, bringing out the LSU, which I thought was good there, Dane, general manager, coming through with another good <laughs> one there. Uh, really good. But, you know, they, they lost a lot of pro guys for sure. But they also uh, had some guys that, that uh, weren't supposed to go that ended up going and didn't get drafted that high. And they their, their squad was diminished as far as – difference maker players you know what I mean they had a lot of good players and then some of their great players the next year got hurt and if you just look at our roster right now we lost 15 guys that signed NFL contracts we also have 14 guys that left the program regardless of how good they are or how bad they are or whatever their role was um, most of them really weren't going to play a very prominent role in our team but we had 14 guys in the transfer portal uh, so that's 29 different players that we're, we're not going to have from last year on our team. So that's a significant amount of players. Uh, Kirby was also asked, as, as you mentioned, sometimes he does the uh, – or say sometimes every time, not all of it's on the SEC network, and he did a sit-down with the beat reporters. Our Anthony Dasher was there, and he was asked about the transfer portal, and he mentioned that, you know, yeah, we didn't attend, intend to be the only team that didn't take somebody in the transfer portal, but we're not going to take a guy just to take a guy. So, uh, And when he was asked about the complacency, he said, look, we how were we going to fall off? No, he says we got good players. And he kept, kept giving the uh, impetus for this upcoming season back to the players. He's like, look, you know, I can't win the games, and but I've got guys that can. And we've signed a really good class. And uh, – I guess the number one question he probably got after the complacency thing was about one of his players. And they asked him a lot of questions about Stetson Bennett, you know, Stetson Bennett is a national story, a former walk-on who, you know, led the team. And there was one really, really long question about, you know, about Kirby, did you feel justified or, you know, vindicated when uh, you actually won the, when Kirby, uh, when Stetson Bennett won the game for you. And Kirby's like, look, it's not just on the one guy. And if, Coach, I hate to say it, but it feels like Kirby keeps beating the same drum. We're not complacent. It's not up to Stetson Bennett to win games. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, we've talked about that for 10 minutes. We're not complacent. So let's No, but that's what I'm saying. He had questions. He keeps getting questions about Kirby, uh, about Stetson Bennett, and we have a yeah, clip on that that I want to run. We're going to have those the, we're gonna have those rest of his career. I mean, but yeah. I thought let's, Stetson let's hear what he had to say. 
I thought Stetson did a really good job on that too. And uh, uh, you, you know, we got that sound bite coming up, or is that what yeah. you were teasing? Yep. My, my you're rolling, coach. You're a TV pro, and you're rolling over. Come on, man. So when we control what we do, and we do the right way. Stetson can be a uh, major factor. And look, Stetson's one of the, the least respected good players there is in this country. And guess what? We get to see it every day. The kid's a tremendous athlete. He's got a good arm strength. People just keep doubting him, and that's fine with me. Good question and answer there by Kirby. And I, I sent a couple of messages to some of these people that I know uh, yesterday, and I said, if you have a chance, I want you to walk up to Bryce Young and just kind of look how tall he is yesterday. And then today, walk up to Stetson Bennett and see how tall he is today. And you'll be amazed that Stetson's actually taller than the Heisman Trophy winner. So I don't know. I haven't got but one response back. And the guy said I was right. But uh, I just wanted to shoot <laughs> that one to him. But uh, uh, we, we, we got to – we're going to always have some – doubters out there which is okay but and he's not going to play perfectly this year but um, he's going to have such a good supporting cast and I really think uh, that I've talked about this I'm going to add it though the fact that he's going to get first team reps throughout the fall camp which he never has had so he's going to be a lot better from that practice perspective and the spring practice that he had plus all of this summer work timing and everything and the offensive line we got, and we, you know, our offense was tailored last year going into the season to JT, who was a drop back passer. Uh, this year we'll have more play action, more movement stuff around him. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see the stats he puts up. And, uh, and you know, we heard a lot about all these different guys talking about the different packages we can have with the tight ends and all that. So what's the next one we got here? I don't want to hold up here. Well, what, I loved, what I loved was Stetson Bennett talking about why he came back to Georgia, because you don't get this level of honesty from a lot of football players. And he's really good about telling you what he thinks. I'm secure enough to like, I can look in the mirror. Like I wasn't going to get drafted high last year. Right. So what was the guarantee that I was going to go start in the NFL last year? Probably pretty low or this next year. It was probably pretty low. Um, and so, this is the best football, this is the best conference in the country. You know, if we take care of business, you know, then we take care of business here. Um, you're competing against the best players. You got the best players on your team, best coaches. It's the smartest league. So, you know, and I mean, I love, I think it's the biggest honor in the world to be able to go out there with the GM beside my helmet. How about that? The biggest honor in the world is to put the GM. Anybody, I mean, that's the best I've ever heard right there. That's why you play, man. If you could grow up knowing that you could wear that G, come on. We need a commercial after that. We can't do anything, man. That was awesome. a cigarette after that one. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that guy wants to wear the G. Come on. Now, and here's the thing. You need some Bennett haters after that. You need to get down on your knees and pray to God tonight that you didn't ever bash him anymore. Man, yeah, and, awesome. and here's the thing. The, the, the people who went out and have come out against him, they're going to be against him forever. And sure enough, every time he throws an interception or makes a bone, in Kirby's words, a boneheaded play, he's going to make them because he's a gunslinger, you know. And guys, quarterbacks take chances. It's going to happen. And they're going to say, see, see, see. But I tell you – even if you don't like the fact that he does – the number one thing that people people complain, well, he's not a pro quarterback. And they – I want – look at all the other teams that have pro quarterbacks. I'm like, Said well, who? He, Let he him might, get to the process after a year. He might be. He might – yeah, I know. But my point being is people – He'll get to go to a camp. I mean, he'll, yeah. he's got too good an arm and too good a knowledge. And, I mean, that they'll look at him. That's for sure. But, you know, whether you get drafted, it all depends on how he does in the combine and all that. But uh, – right. But the people that hold that against him, let's say it's true. Let's say he never gets drafted. I'm like, okay, so that so you don't have a NFL quarterback on your roster, but you have a championship winning, you know, college quarterback on your roster who dies for your school. We had the story the day after uh, the national championship game. We had a long talk with his mom, and she went through point by point the how reluctant he was to come back after Jones. He was, he almost went and played for Billy Napier, you know, uh, not at Florida, but 
at uh, uh, Louisiana, Louisiana Monroe, and he's wanted to come back because he wanted a shot to 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 compete, you know, and he didn't feel like he might get it. He came back and they didn't get it, and uh, then he fought. He saved your butts at Arkansas, and he won you a title last year. It's like, okay, if he's not a great NFL quarterback, what the hell does that matter this year? Just let him. Just the kid. The kid will die for your school. So. Did Buck Ballou play in the pros? I'm sorry? Buck Ballou, did he play in the pros? I don't think he did. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. He's a good quarterback for Georgia, won a national championship. And he's he's had a pretty good life since then. Yeah, Uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, look, this guy. The thing that said that I thought was really good was uh, how COVID has enabled him to have a chance to play with his brother. And, he, you know, his brother – more than you know, as a walk-on wide receiver, more than likely won't uh, play a lot in any games this year. But you know, like Stetson said, hey, if we could just have one game where I could throw him a pass, you know, that would really make me happy. So, I, I mean, that was kind of that was kind of yeah. awesome. I thought very very classy. And again, I, I'm not trying to defend Bennett. I just I want him to be criticized or complimented for the same criteria that you criticize and complain about. Jacob Beeson, Jake Fromm, Justin Fields. The whole NFL potential argument to me just ticks me off. I'm like, look, Aaron Murray Murray would take a bullet for this team, and everybody loved him. I'm like, well, so will Stetson Bennett. So will Jake Fromm. So will Jacob Beeson. It goes with being a Georgia quarterback. I mean, that's the way it is. And the Georgia coach, you're going to get it. But I do feel like uh, the the one thing that that, that Stetson actually told me – uh, after the game, when we, were, you know, we were over there the next week, and he was saying, he he told me, he says, I'm going to play football next year. And uh, at that time, you know, everybody's talking about Caleb Williams, all of that other stuff. But he hadn't had a chance to talk to Kirby at that point. I knew he's probably going to stay here, but he said, you "Could have told us, Coach." No, he he just said what he said to me was. I, I got a chance to play football one more year. I might not ever get to play again. Why well, wouldn't I play? You that's, know? So I, that's the way like people were saying, boy, you could just go out in the sun, ride out in the sunset, win the national championship, never have any more pressure. Hey, the guy likes to play football. Isn't it? You play the game. I mean, uh, you, you love to play it. So I know one thing, most seniors that are watching this show tonight, if you're a senior in high school, senior in college, the best year you'll ever have as, as a player is your last year because all those years you were moving up and sometimes playing ahead of your schedule, you know, maybe you're playing on the varsity when you're in ninth grade or playing, starting as a freshman in college and all that. Now you got a chance to be a senior and be, uh, uh, as some of you remember, the, the comradeship the rest of your life. And uh, it's just if you got an extra year like these super seniors have, take it, man. Take it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I appreciate some people that mentioned that uh, Buck Blue played in the USFL and some said he could have played some baseball. And some people pointed out Tim Tebow didn't have a great college career. I mean, a great uh, pro career, but he seemed to do pretty well at in Florida. So, yeah, uh, and probably just as controversial. So, kind of, kind of love it. Anyway, I do want to mention our friends over at the Academia Brewing Company because. They have a show tomorrow that you need to go check out. They actually have their comedy night. Show tickets are only eight bucks. It starts at eight p.m. on uh, July twenty-first. So Thursday, doors open at seven o'clock. Show starts at eight. So if the doors open at seven, that means you can get in there and get you some fantastic beers. You can try some of their their hop rodisiac, their IQ IPA, uh, some of the new stuff that they have coming out all the time. They have fantastic food, but you know. It's going to be a fantastic comedy show. They've been doing this a lot. And, of course, they always have their uh, Trivia Tuesdays on, uh, you know, from 7 to 8 uh, each week. Of course, they have their uh, custom bus over there. You need to check it out. And they have car shows and everything. But uh, tomorrow night, there's still tickets available from uh, at starting at 8 o'clock. You know, doors open at 7. Go to check out the comedy night at Academia Brewing Company. And uh, also, speaking of food, uh, it's not – Double points Tuesday. So this is a Wednesday, but it's Wednesday evening. If you haven't had dinner yet, uh, swing by the local Your Pie, grab a peach and prosciutto pizza. You will absolutely love it. Or get the Nono's Italian sandwich. 
or get their uh, summer peach salad. I've had that peach salad. That is probably the best salad I've eaten in a year. It's fantastic. So uh, I know I, I, I grabbed a Southern heat on my way down on vacation on the way out the door. I didn't, I was going to get a second sandwich, but I decided not to be a glutton. So I just had a uh, Southern heat uh, pizza. <laughs> so you just went to new Orleans instead and ate a lot. Of yeah. <laughs> well, you saw how much I ate there. Oh, That's but point being, uh, now I'm still wanting the, the, I'm still thinking about the sandwich that I didn't order. And there's not a, uh, your pie around here. So I'm, I got a craving. So when I come back into town uh, towards the end of this week, I know where I'll swing by. I'll swing by your pie and grab one. I just wish it was a Tuesday. That way I could order it on my app and get double points. But when you get a chance, hit up uh, your pie for the uh, peach and prosciutto pizza and you will absolutely love it. All right. Uh, Dane, I know you got some other clips there. Yeah, I want to talk about uh, get to the other guys that we mentioned. We've got three more clips we want to play here, and we'll get to NIL in a moment because that's what everyone wants to talk about at Media Days. But Nolan Smith was getting the same question of, hey, you lost a lot of guys on defense to the NFL. What about these young pups that are coming? Um, I see a bunch of young guys that fly around and just excited to learn football, excited to be under Coach Smart. I mean, he done it for 10, 12 years at Bama being a great D.C., and I just think that's the ultimate reason why I also came back is to, you know, being able to learn from him and just take every day in as you can, one step at a time, and be where your feet are. That's a, another thing that we learn. He kept re keep repeating that phrase of be present, be where your feet are. So I, I can tell that that's a mantra for this team already. Don't look in the past. Don't look in the future. What's going on right now? Yeah, they, did, they seemed to coach to – turn everything forward. They were asked a lot of questions about last year. And I know part of that is just media training, but a lot of it just seemed legit. And I'm not trying to psychoanalyze these guys, but I really think that they have mentally tried to compartmentalize last year's uh, win. So yeah, they'll answer questions politely, but everything that they were asked about last year, they rolled over into this year because it's like, it's SEC media days for 2022 your championship last year doesn't get you a first down. It doesn't get you, uh, you know, out of practice. It doesn't get you anything, maybe a free beer somewhere, but it's not going to help you this year. So they were, everything was going forward. True. I mean, uh, we knew uh, going in that hopefully that's the way it'd be because that's been the kind of the mantra all spring and all summer, the way they've worked. And uh, it's, you just see the way these kids uh, handle success just like they handle adversity i mean you know they came back from a tough year last year not getting to the to the playoff games uh, and just did what they had to do you know i do feel kind of bad for him though he was kind of shot down by stetson bennett yeah you know, he came <laughs> over he came over and crashed uh stetson bennett's interview and said he had a question for uh stetson bennett and uh he asked him, hey, who's your favorite outside linebacker? And Stetson Bennett, without missing a beat, said, Bobby Beal, you know, Robert Beal. <laughs> and poor Nolan Smith's like, that's all I needed to know. So <laughs> you could tell these guys were having a lot of fun. They were cutting up, making jokes. Uh, Stetson's was, quick now. He, he's got a little sharp since he <laughs> Yeah, that was good. That's the way to put it in on Nolan. That's good. So, but And, and Nolan was asked in that clip there, you know, about the young guys. And you got to think when he's looking over and seeing – he just saw all those NFL, all those guys go to the NFL, but he's looking over and seeing Michael Williams. He sees Marvin Jones Jr. He's seeing those guys in the secondary. And you know what a competitor Nolan Smith is. He's licking his lips like, we got something here. You know, we, we're, we're going to be pretty good. So uh, I kind of like what he was doing there. I liked his uh, take on it. Let's uh, move on to get the, our final two clips. These are both about name, image, and likeness because obviously that was a, a big topic there. Then we'll talk some recruiting and take some questions. Uh, first, Cedric Van Pran on what NIL means for the team and the team cohesion. I think guys are going to do NIL, and, you know, I think that's great. But the biggest thing I can say is, you know, guys haven't lost focus of we're here to win games. You know, at the end of the day, you know, as you know, student athletes, you know, of course, we're going to get our education and those things. But when you're on the football field, it's time to work. It's time to win football games. So NIL really isn't discussed in the locker room, things like that. You know, it's about winning for the University of Georgia. I mean, seriously, that guy's been on campus here for two years. 
what what a I mean what a great representative and what a good player. Uh, probably going to come out next year, but uh, you can see why he's a starting center. I mean, very intelligent, but just a good smile and uh, team oriented, and uh, that's impressive there. I mean, uh, that's the first clip I've seen of him, but I've heard him talk before. But that guy's smarter than any of us. I mean, when 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 this is over, everybody needs to go get a Pete's milkshake or something and just celebrate <laughs> about God knows what about Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, I mean, I don't know what you want to do to celebrate, but it's something that I mean, it, it's impressive to watch these guys talk. Well, while yeah. we're on NIL, let, let's get to Kirby, and then we'll, we'll wrap up. This will be our final clip. So this is what uh, Kirby Smart had to say about name, image, and likeness. The NIL program we have in place, we have a Classic City Collective run by Matt Hibbs, who does a tremendous job. It's built on being sustainable because I don't think what's going on in college football right now at some places is sustainable, meaning can you do that year in and year out and repeat that? Can you honor the commitment that some people are trying to make to kids to get them to go to their school? It's just it's, it's not good for college football. What's out there? What? Great point by Kirby there because, uh, you know, the first rattle out of the box, everybody can, you know, donate and do all that. But then you keep asking them every year, every year. Uh, I don't know if you can keep it going. But a couple examples he made were Dan Jackson, uh, who was a walk-on, who's a starter now. But because of the uh, collective or because of some kind of NIL deal, and it, it's around the country, people are doing this. You're, they're using it as a chance to pay for their education so they don't necessarily count against the 85, uh, which we've talked about before. You can have 85 guys on scholarship, and that's another reason we haven't really gone in the transfer portal because we're hanging right there at 85, and there's not one available for somebody. But, you know, I'm sure that could happen, but – the point is Dan Jackson is making enough money to pay for his, uh, you know, his schoolwork and some more on the side. And, uh, and then he mentioned some young man whose father was uh, having to get dialysis and uh, didn't have any insurance down in South Georgia. He'd probably have to quit to go to work down there to, to help support his father. But he's was that able, Michael Morris, I believe? Uh, maybe so. General he's manager, Savannah. general manager, you know it, but, uh, who knows, but I was trying to be not point out for who it was kind of so somebody wouldn't think we were trying to. Oh, I, I thought that he said the name on there too. So oh, he, like, did, he did, but you know, okay. it was like a jump ball there. I was trying to keep from saying who it was, but you're right. So anyhow, the point is though, the kid doesn't have to leave here to go help his family. He can make some money uh, through the NIL and his dad can get some treatment and that's great. But, uh, the other thing Kirby pointed out was we got 95 guys on, on some kind of NIL here. So that means 10 guys that aren't on scholarship are getting some money too. So, you know, whether it's a, whoever it might be, that's great that they're, they're getting a chance to get some of that bread too. Well, you know, when the NIL came out, people were like, well, is the long snapper going to get NIL? Well, yeah, they are. <laughs> that, that's how yeah. this is working. Dude, I want a long snapper on scholarship every year. Everybody. I know this. I've talked to some coaches around the country that that like NIL for what it's what we're talking about, but don't like it for these promises that people may or may not keep. But it does help you get more people on your roster, though. I mean, I know when, uh, and I'm, I guess this is admitting that you weren't doing something right, but sometimes you don't have a scholarship for somebody. And you say, look, if you'll go over there to such and such over there on Peachtree Boulevard over there in Atlanta, you might be able to get a job to help you pay for your scholarship. Now, I don't ever know that I ever said that. <laughs> but, you, you, you wouldn't say such a thing with the way that things were at the time, of course. But, yeah, I'm sure Rodney Gardner never did that for you. Oh, yeah, there's some walk-ons, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah that's true. He got, yeah. the, he got the Hope Scholarship and then got something else, but you got now it's legal to do that, and you can have more guys that maybe will be on the bubble and had a chance to go to maybe Georgia Southern or Georgia State or somebody else because they needed a scholarship but wanted to come to Georgia. Now you can do that through the NIL. Coach just pretty much said that one of his top recruiters was Zell Miller. <laughs> I like <laughs> With the Hope Scholarship. Nah, that, that, that's, that's a good point. 
that's Hope Scholarships helped a lot of sports at Georgia. You know, Jack Byerly, the swimming coach. I mean, uh, there's a lot of guys and girls that got swimming aid like that. And baseball, I mean, you, you, know, you don't have but like 13 full scholarships in baseball. I mean, like you need 55 guys, yeah. Yeah, but uh, NIL, now it's legal, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. Hey, you that's you didn't come up with that. That's been in your text with some. No, I mean, people, I'm just saying it is. I just want to make sure that it is legal. And it is. I, you, I mean, there's got. There had to back when back in the day, there had to be some human decency in some things. When a kid didn't have a coat and it was cold, or I mean, yeah. if you were gonna get caught for cheating because he helped them buy a coat or something, I mean, that's ridiculous. I. I now, a might be different, you know, to give him a call. <laughs> well, you've got you to get to practice, Coach. Yeah. Uh, I thought Kirby made a good point about it not being sustainable. And uh, I actually retweeted uh, Jed May's uh, paraphrase of Kirby Smart's comments about the fact that it's not sustainable. So, and we're hearing some of those numbers thrown around, $9 million for this guy, $11 million for that. And you're like, okay, that's not real. But you are talking millions. It is real. It is real. It's just not sustainable. Well, yeah, and so I, I didn't believe some of those numbers, so I started hearing them. And then I'm thinking, okay, let's say you you got a $5 million deal for a quarterback in 2023. Well, the 2024 quarterback is going to want $5 million too, or, you know, he's going to want more right. than that. And when you, at year three or four, you haven't won a title, and you go to these donors and go, yeah, uh, hey, we, we need some NIL money. We need some uh, – these kids are going to want a, a deal when they get here, and the you know, the guy that gave you $5 million the first time so that the kid could uh, advertise his uh, luxury resort is going to say, oh, hell no. No, I did. I got burned on that last quarterback you guys got. I had him as the face of our program and I've been face of our advertising. We gave him a ton of money and now we got zero return on it. Plus, you didn't win. So I don't know that we sold more units, but maybe we did. But the whole point was to support the program and hell you guys went eight and four then you know in your season last year so yeah i think lane kiffin did a really good job on uh, monday of, of talking about the nfl you know has some stop you know some some uh, rails that you, you know you got a, a roster management as far as uh, salary cap you, you you got all this stuff built in and he said when you start getting into this situation where boosters are starting to give money then they're going to want to know why in this guy playing. Just like oh, Rodgers, yeah. if he doesn't play, why should I give the guy to the next year? Like you just said, and some there's got to be some controls about who's who's allocating. And you certainly don't want to give more money to a guy that's not in your mind. You're the ones rating the players, the alumni people aren't. So yeah. uh, that nobody knows how that's controlled right now. I mean, you can. You can talk about it all you want to, but uh, supposedly this kid at Tennessee getting two two million a year for eight, you know, for four years, and he's already switched schools for his last year. He's moved to another high school, so uh, I don't know if that means he wants to get more money for going to that school or what. But when you know, Kirby was cool. talking to the Texas high school coaches, he alluded to the fact that at a young age. He didn't perceive himself, Kirby Smart, 18, 19 years old, of being able to manage and handle large sums of money that way. So I thought it was kind of apropos that the same week that he says that, that Classic City Collective made its announcement that they've partnered with Truist to provide financial literacy, financial resources, how to manage your money, provide those things for Georgia athletes. Because that's a big piece of this that people aren't talking about, because a large sum of money can also ruin your life if you don't know what to do with it. Yeah, I mean, I like to try I mean, that. It came out right off the bat when this that these kids got to understand they're going to get taxed on this money. Yeah, and uh, they, are they putting some money aside for the taxes? Or uh, uh, you know, when we used to have kids in the first week, we would show them how to write a check and do everything. It's just so many young guys nowadays. Oh, I mean, everything's so controlled on your phone. Uh, I don't know how some of these people. Uh, do what they got to do with some of these phones they have. I don't know how they can get through with these flip phones and stuff. But Yeah, I hadn't really thought about the fact, Coach, if let's say you're a major donor to the university, you know, to, to your favorite university, 
you put an NIL together, NIL deal together from your uh, company for a star player, and then the coach sits him, and you're like, wait, um, I'm not. If you don't play, pay the guy who I'm paying, or you don't play the guy who I'm paying, I don't get a good return on my investment. Coach, you're making a mistake there. And then what happens if all of a sudden the guy stops paying the kid? The kid's not going to be upset with the NIL guy. He's going to be upset with your school. And now he's got recourse right into the transfer portal. So you're right about the sustainability of it. If they actually get to the point where it's one more thing that's out of your hands. If a payment's late, if a check bounces, if uh, they change their mind, now all of a sudden the kid's like, well, I'm going to take it out on the school that I'm at. I'm not going to take it out on maybe the NIL provider. So there's, yeah, a-, there's a lot of hypotheticals. You get, you, you're covering that good. So what do we got next? Uh, I think we're moving on to talk about dead Soxie and what, uh, you know, if, if you want to have some of the best socks in the world, you need to get it from those fellas. Yeah. They get that true state technology that keeps them up and they're incredibly comfortable. I'm actually uh, at the beach and I had a, uh, uh, stepped on something I probably shouldn't have and felt good to actually get back into my socks, <laughs> my, my dead socks, no shows. Uh, like, ah, it just felt better. And a uh, shout out to Brooks shoes because those are some nice shoes that I was wearing with them. But uh, the flat seams, the buttery soft feel, all the stuff that dead socks he does. And I like the fact that we saw, uh, pretty sure Lane Kiffin was rocking a pair of those. So uh, point being, the man knows quality. And if anybody needs great socks, dead socks, he has them. I know our friends over the seven six who have like they just announced three more NIL deals with Georgia players. That's an apparel company. They have partnered up with uh, Dead Soxy to actually put out some uh, uh, Georgia title socks that you can get over there and some Georgia themed socks. So, point being, Dead Soxy is a huge up and comer. Everybody that deals with them raves about them. Every time I go to their website, I see new five star reviews about them. It is it's the end thing. It, it, they. Uh, they've gone viral. They've been written about in Esquire, Men's Health, Forbes, Men's Journal, GQ. I mean, it's uh, uh, they're just real. It's I don't want to say it's a secret, but I mean, it's uh, they're they're darn good socks. That's what they are. Yeah, they, people don't know about them, but they're growing by leaps and bounds. So when you get a chance, check out Dead Soxy and uh, use promo code UGA Sports to get quite the discount. And um, I also want to mention our friends over at Athens Ford. I mentioned them uh, just in passing. I noticed that uh, somebody asked, we're talking about NIL, somebody asked Nolan Smith, you know, about his uh, uh, NIL deal, and he mentioned Ford. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> he says, I'm a country boy, and I think uh, you should ride the big truck. I think Ford Ford makes the best truck, and if someone wants to come back, you know, real men drive Fords. And I'm like, well, there you go. So he's, he's doing his NIL pitch on uh, Ford trucks, but that's from the heart. You can't, you can't just pitch it like that. If you're uh, just cause you're being paid to, I mean, that's a legitimate, uh, uh, you know, sincerely held belief that uh, you get from Nolan Smith and he's, uh, you know, promoting Ford trucks. I drive a Ford, you know, and I would tell you, if you're a student, you get a $500 discount. If you've been in an active, uh, if you're a veteran or active military, you get a $500 discount. Uh, all that said, Athens Ford, of course, you get the lifetime powertrain warranty. So hit up Athens Ford if you want to get a truck like Nolan Smith. You know, he's, it's where the real men are. He said it. I'm, I'm just quoting the man. Herbie so got one, too. <laughs> yes, uh, they, they, it's official truck of uh, Georgia Sports. So hit him up when you get a chance. We should also touch on, uh, we're going to try to sneak in a little bit of roster news and then some questions uh, before we wrap this show. We've been uh, pretty packed today. So in the last week, we've had, uh, Roddy, you broke the news over at UGASports.com that Marlon Dean no longer with the program at Georgia. Uh, So there is one spot that will be available on the roster, however that gets filled in the future. And then on the recruiting front, we've got Justice Haynes committing to Alabama out of the blue. That was a surprise. Uh, But then Georgia kind of rebounding a bit yesterday with defensive linemen in North Carolina, Jamal Jarrett. Yeah, I mean, uh, you hate that for Marlon. Uh, I'm not sure what the uh, bottom line was, but uh, after reading that with Roddy, I checked over there, and he was right. He's not on the team anymore, so we'll we'll just have to find out why. But as far as Justice Haynes, uh, just a real shocker because of his dad, but at the same time, a lot of times these kids want to pave their own way, and we're going to have a two-part point here. Uh, you know, he, he followed in his dad's footsteps his whole life, and I'm sure they were 
hitting him, hey, you're just going to follow your, your dad and all that, and uh, we got this, blah, blah, blah. So in the end, uh, you know, he stepped up and went to Alabama, and it's, it's a tough loss because he's a very good player. But Jamal Jarrett, uh, defensive tackle from Grimsley High School, was playing in the shadow of Travis Shaw there, the, the great lineman last year that uh, went to North Carolina, and uh, he kind of said the same thing. I want to be my own man and get away from – being in his shadow and uh, come down to the University of Georgia. So it, it works out both ways. Yeah, I thought um, people – I was a little, really surprised when the Justice Haynes news went down. We just finished up a, uh, a UGA sports weekend in New Orleans, and I think Jed was in the airport waiting to fly back when Justice called him and said, look, I'm about to announce this like in the next hour. So, of course, Jed dropped what he was doing. He and uh, Blaine Gilmer and uh, Jed – they have a very good relationship with the uh, uh, entire family over there, uh, the whole Haynes family, to the point that it's about two weeks ago that they reached out to UGA Sports and said, hey, we, we're ready to commit to Georgia. Uh, we want to film a recruitment video, I mean, a commitment video. And we, you know, sometimes do that as a team, if somebody requests it, you know, we only ask that, you know, we get the exclusive when that happens. And we yeah, Blaine Gilmer was lining up a commitment video. He was going to set it up and shoot the whole thing. So or have, you know, a company that he knows shoot it. So two weeks ago and it was kept super quiet. So two weeks ago, the kid was going to commit to Georgia, but then he changed, had a change of heart and is going to uh, Arkansas. But uh, I think you know, Georgia's had a really good run. They've gotten Jamal Jarrett, which again, that's the number two def- defensive tackle in the nation. Uh, Kelton Smith, I think, decides tomorrow. That's a big offensive tackle out of Columbus or offensive uh, lineman, maybe a guard. Uh, I like Georgia, like, I like their chances there. And then, um, uh, Aguero, Janelle Aguero is going to be a deciding soon. So you could have three commits this week, even though you lost on a kid. So it's, uh, as coach says, it comes and goes. And here's the thing you just because a kid decides in July that he wants to go somewhere. He can change his mind down the road, or he can change his mind after being at a school for a couple of years. I think uh, there's a couple programs in the SEC who are going to see a lot of top players hit the transfer portal because, as Georgia, as Coach pointed out, when you stack them up like Cordwood, there's only so many playing spots. And Kirby and those guys are recruiting for the transfer portal. It's like, hey, Justice, sorry you're not coming to Georgia, but if you ever decide to leave – we got open arms here for you. So, and of course, you know, they love the kids. So I think it's uh, the, the, the miss coach, you know, when you miss on a miss on a kid uh, nowadays, it's a lot easier to get them back. You know, there's, there's, there's second chances, I should say. Want to get yeah. some questions? Yeah, let's go for it. Um, let's have it. Um, we'll sneak in one from, UGA alum 95 says with the rise of underperforming schools and recruiting rankings like Tennessee, Miami, and Texas, even Louisville is NIL money Kirby's kryptonite recruiting power. I don't think it's against Kirby. I just think it gives some of these schools that are trying to get back in the hunt. It's a lot easier to do that than to say, Hey, we're going to win and all that. Now you can back it up with a little money on top of it. So, but, uh, Kirby doesn't have any kryptonite in, in recruiting. Uh, that's a good word to use for Superman and all. But uh, it, it, if he's not the number one recruiting head coach in America, who is? Nick? I mean, it's got to be him or Saban, right? Just if you look at the well, rankings in the last I mean, few years. Uh, I, don't, I just think you go back to when he was at Alabama, all those guys he recruited when he was there and now here. So, I mean. I don't think we ever have to worry about Kirby slacking off on, on recruiting. We'll finish in the top three and rise down at the beach. What are those people wear on the beach? Flip flops. There's going to be <laughs> flips here. Down <laughs> it's subtle, Coach. Subtle. We're going to flip some guys. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you'll flip some guys and also think that um, you, there's some big names that have still have yet to decide. And – we're just going to land a few of those. I, I don't – to UJ Alum 95's question about, uh, you know, is the NIL, you, I think you'll see one or two guys. Like, I, I think Missouri basically went all in to get Luther Burton. 
And so there'd be a couple guys that you're targeting that a smaller school that's not has as much success, they will put together their boosters, will put together something that will draw that kid there. But again, if it doesn't work out or he's not winning there, he's not uh, being featured, well, he'll go into the transfer portal. Kirby's going we, to got caught, we got caught on Lose the Burden about, about his high school coach, though. We didn't have any idea that his 10th grade, the coach who was going to be that he liked in the 10th grade that stopped coaching was that they hired him and they yeah. hired him the day that we thought we were getting him. I mean, they slipped up, slipped one in on us, but uh, yeah, but I get to my point. I mean, I think a, a hit or miss here or there, but overall, yeah, I like where Georgia is. You got to like where Alabama is going to be. People's like, oh, Alabama's class isn't, isn't great right now. Give it time. Yeah, you know, it's early. It's early, and uh, we, we got plenty. NIL is not ever going to be an issue here. We we got plenty of that. I mean, we did more, but we yeah. – your head coach to say you got 95 guys on some kind of NIL deal, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. OU Herschel Walker says, Coach, do you have a favorite moment or story from media days yourself? Also, did Phil Fulmer ever give you his pumpkin pie recipe? And he says the question – uh, was if you met him at midfield in Mo- uh, Knoxville in 1997. Uh, buddies asked what you said, and you were giving him a piece of your mind. And he, OU Herschel Walker said that um, he told his buddies that you were telling Phil about your pumpkin pie recipe. So this is kind of an inside joke from him and his right. friends. But he wants to know what you I, and Phil were talking about at midfield and your media I can days. Tell you one thing is the. If I ever make one, it'll be the first one I ever made. So I don't have a pumpkin pie, but. I was mad because they were still throwing at the end of the game. We we threw in the towel, put in our second team and everything, but they beat they beat us every way they could. We we had a poor performance. Uh that was the poorest game we had, except maybe Southern Miss game the first year I was here. And uh well there's a lot of them you could say, but uh I just told him I thought it was a couple bad words in there. What <laughs> but anyhow, we always had a good relationship. I, I mean I talked to him after that and you know, uh, I got no problem with Coach Fulmer on anything. Uh, well, media day. Well, that's part of the question. Media day. Uh, yeah, media day, favorite story moment. Anything sticks out? Uh, I went down there, and Claude Felton is the best. I mean, he, he walks you around, and you go to these different places, and you just go where he tells you, you know. And uh, he said, Coach, there's this guy waiting on you. He wants to talk to you. I don't know what he wants, but he said, please let me see him. And so I'll go up there, and this guy's got this yo-yo. And he says, you know, uh, Coach, I saw where you won the yo-yo contest when you were in uh, in junior high school and all. Can you still do it? And I said, of course I can do it, but I'm not going to do it here in the lobby of this hotel. He said, said just, just do it for me, and I'll just – we didn't, we didn't have video camera, like phones and all. He, he had some little camera. And I said, well, let me see if it'll sleep, you know, because he can't do any tricks if he, he wanted. And so I practiced over on the side, and I did a few tricks for him right there in the lobby. <laughs> a man of many talents. I mean, uh, I can't coach, but I can yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, for the watch-along, and again, we're still looking for sponsors for our watch-along show. So if you're watching this and you have a company – uh, who would like to advertise on the Watch Along Show, hit us up and be a sponsor. But uh, maybe, Coach, uh, in between your uh, Elvis uh, songs, we can get I'm you a solo you right, around. I'm just telling you right now, if you don't if you don't go see Elvis, something is wrong with you. That is That guy is unbelievable in his portrayal of Elvis. He, I mean, he, you couldn't have anything any better than that. And I, I'm hard on people about Elvis. But that guy was, I mean, I would I would go see it again, probably. Awesome. We go. got five minutes left in the show. I don't know why I said we got. My brutin came out in me. Uh, mm-hmm. We have five minutes left in the show. P-Tech 1, do you think Oregon has an advantage over Georgia in the fact that Lanning has so much familiarity with Georgia's team? They have a little more advantage than most teams would have just because of that. But at the same time, uh, he doesn't know uh, – you know, what exactly we're going to do, uh, how we're going to use the packages. Uh, and uh, sometimes you know too much. You know, you're saying, well, they might do this, and this is their counter, and then you got something different, thinks he knows the signals, and we've changed them and all. But he'll have his team prepared, and uh, we'll have our team prepared. But, uh, 
you know, I'm happy for Dan and he's done a really good job out there and really getting some good transfers too. But, uh, you know, I like our chances against their team. We got an advantage too. in the fact that, uh, Brian McClendon, our wide receiver coach was their receiver coach last year. So he knows their personnel too. So it's kind of a back and forth there. And nobody's talking about that piece. That's what we have coached on and to remind us. I'd completely forgotten that. Bring it up, man. Let's do it. NY Dog 34, do we keep the UCLA game on the schedule for the 2025 season uh, with OU and Texas seemingly joining the SEC that year? How would Coach Donnan approach the out-of-conference scheduling moving forward once the expansion, likely nine conference games, according to NY Dog 34, when that happens in the future? Very good point by him. And I mean, like we got a game coming up with uh, supposedly with Oklahoma next year. Uh, and I know Oklahoma's got a game with ten- Tennessee scheduled too. So you got to look at that right now where those are viable games with them coming into the league, either 2023, 24, or 25, depending on when they get out of the Big 12. But as far as non conference game, uh, UCLA is going in the Big 10. So, uh, you know, it's a uh, it, it's a good good uh, game to help you in the uh, scheduling as far as uh, making the playoffs. And I think that with these mega conferences coming up, you're going to have to see at least an eight team playoff if you've got two in twenty team conferences. I mean, Big Ten has twenty, and 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 ours has twenty. People, <laughs> people are saying we're going to stay at sixteen. Who knows? But um, we got to see eighteen. I, I think just if you, especially if you're playing nine conference games, you know what I mean, because you're playing such tough games every week. So some of the best teams in the SEC aren't going to be undefeated and can't make it in a fourteen playoff. So you know, I think you're going to see scheduling maybe go down a little bit non-conference wise, just because who you're having to play. For instance, in twenty. Uh, 20 when we displayed conference games you saw the the toll it took on our team throughout the year just the physicality playing the sec team every week yeah uh let's get some questions here from youtube on our final two minutes clifton riles coach donnan could champ bailey talk trash and back it up champ could do about anything he want to uh, he didn't he wasn't a big trash talker he was just more of a you know, followed by example, but that he could. I saw him talk some trash at an intramural basketball game one night when he scored 36 over there in an eight minute quarters. Uh, he could do about anything he wanted to, so he, he could back it up. Uh, this from Thomas Dew Can Nolan Smith help his draft stock this season for next year's NFL draft? Oh, definitely. I think that's why he came back. You know, he didn't, he wasn't on the field quite as much as he'll be this year. He'll have a lot of chances to rush the passer because we're going to be ahead a lot and people playing from behind. He's an excellent uh, defender, dropping back. You saw him intercept a couple passes last year. Uh, one of them counted, one of them didn't maybe. And he's uh, very good at, at playing multiple positions along the line there to rush the passer. So he, he definitely enhanced his stock. And his intelligence factor is going to help him too because of his ability to understand defenses. And, and uh, he's just – kind of guy any NFL team would want to have. Not a question from Killian Worthy, but we want to share our gratitude. He just says, Coach, I love your commentary and the weekly content you always provide us and all the dog news. It says, go damn dogs. Well, I appreciate that. That, uh, that. That's what you call a Jim Don and IRA. I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, two more. Foster Moss. Do y'all believe it's a chance that Justice Haynes is a flip by December? I would say probably not just because how much it took for him to come out against us. Not that he's against us, but just not, I, I don't mean it like it. Going to have the wherewithal to go on and go to Alabama. Uh, you know, he might get a flipped out of here because of somebody jumping in, but I, I don't know. I would say when you write, I'd say it'd be hard for him to flip. Yeah. I, don't, yeah, I mean, it was, it was tough to make that call because he knew how much it would disappoint the Georgia fans. But once you've made it, it's a lot easier to stick there. Plus it's Alabama. It's not like he's, you know, going to a small school. Nobody's heard of. That's a pretty, he's got a pretty good gig there. So. Plus he's, he's 
buddying up a lot with Caleb Downs. I don't know if they're trying to make a package deal, both of them together or what, but I know they both were hanging out at Ohio State and were over here. So I sure hope we can get Caleb, but uh, you, you never know. But uh, it, it's all of us here on this website and the rest of it. So you can't get too concerned about the guys you lose. I mean, it hurts, but there's, it's going, there's plenty of players out there, plenty of them. Finally, this uh, common topic, but it has come up a bit this week at Media Days. Jerry Dogs fans says, do y'all think the Jacksonville game against Florida should be home and home? It's tradition, but Kirby does have a point about recruiting. Well, I mean, my point on it is certainly Kirby wanted new facilities. Kirby wanted new building. Kirby wanted all it. I mean, he's the guy that has to be the champion of the situation. And he sees the fact that when we have a home game against Notre Dame or we have a, a home game against Auburn and all those kids are there and see that electricity, the same thing that you got one more chance every two years to be playing the Gators and recruit into that kind of atmosphere too. It's pretty dang impressive. You know what I mean? So he's looking at it strategically to get better players. You don't get – you got one game a year where neither – Team gets a chance to recruit and it's great for the fans i mean it, it's an awesome venue and it's good and everything's great about going down there and spending the week and taking off and all that and the tradition and everything but uh, i gotta look at it as whatever pleases kirby you'll please me i think this is one of those things that'll work itself out over time because it's about money and Georgia and Florida make more money at that game currently than they would with home games. I don't think that will persist with the way that college football is seeing money. And I think at some point Jacksonville's going to get outpriced. Especially the other thing, too, is the TV money that they're going to add on with Oklahoma and uh, Texas coming in. You can maybe make up for that a little bit with that added money coming in. You know, I mean, you're just going to get, I mean, it's going to be 100 million, I think. First team, first package when they play in all those teams, every team in sixteen teams will get a hundred million. Yeah, I was. That's when you start looking at numbers like that. It's like, okay, well, the donors will be unhappy. Well, the donors aren't matching what the TV revenue is. TVs are going to start calling the shots. For years, everyone said, "Oh, we need to move that game." I'm like, not a chance, because a lot of your big donors bought houses down there specifically for right. that weekend. You know. And anytime you talked about moving it, you'd get a call from the, the folks in that silver circle. They're like, the hell you will. And the, the, the donors, you know, they call the shots. That's not going to be to your point, Dane, when TV's calling the shots, TV might say, hey, no, we like a we like the idea of Georgia hosting uh, Florida. We like covering the swamp, you know. Maybe the TV says, no, we like the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. In it does. It's you good. Know? It's good from a national perspective to come in there every week with that every year for that. It's, it's yeah. a good venue. But but I get back to what I said earlier about Kirby wanted the indoor building and the donors came through. Kirby wanted, and it's not just Kirby, but Kirby, Josh Brooks, yeah. Dr. Moore, they wanted the addition to the stadium and $63 million was raised. Now the new building, $75 million. So if he says he wants to play at home, I would say the most of those people are going to back him on that just like they did the other one. That's Coach has spoken. Right, the final I'm word. Just, I'm just listening to what he says. I mean, he's the he, – and uh, recruiting is the paramount um, – I mean, Barry Switzer, the acquisition of talent is the premier part of building the program. You get the players, you got a chance. You don't get them. Well, that's, I tell that's right. exactly said that's exactly what Kirby said today when he was like, what about complacency? What about, can you repeat? He's like, we got the players. <laughs> and we still have the players. We got a bunch of guys that are, want to go out there and show what they can do. And when you're looking at uh, Marvis Jones Jr. and Jaheim Singletary and, you know, uh, Dalen Everett and Bayer Alexander, you're like, yeah, I think we're going to be good. I, I point out you to Roddy pretty frequently. Mouth, you know what makes my mouth water? What? It's just, just – drive over there and get out of my car about five minutes before they're stretching for the off-season program and just get out and walk through and see those guys stretching. 
Just, you know talent when you see it, Coach. No, I mean, you just see the athleticism and their yeah. flexibility, their uh, – Eyeball test. They pass the eyeball test. I mean, that's why you do the show with me. I pass the eyeball test. Yeah, but Radia. It's also why I remind you that the acquisition of talent for your team is the key to success, and you've done a fantastic job of it. If I might add. Oh my God! Yes, uh, Jed's great. Apart- general manager. Every <laughs> every team can't have but one general manager, though. We got Thank you, one. coach. Thank you. You got the best one in the business, right? That's right. That's right. You know. We had, used to have this one coach, he would say this every time about everybody, and he'd say, if you're not the best, you're in the top two. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, so when it comes to my uh, to our video analysis guy and technical wizard, Dane, you may not be the best, but you're in the top two. Yes, sir. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. Uh, just remember when you're going on the beach tomorrow, Roddy, see if you see any flip-flops. Well, if I can see past all the fat people with bad tattoos, I'll look for flip-flops. There's a lot of bad tattoos down there. Oh, my God. <laughs> so many bad tattoos. Oh. I, I'm, I'm the only person that goes to the beach and does like this because I don't want to look at people. So. But I'll, I'll actually, I'll be I'll be uh, back here soon. And speaking of being back, uh, we'll be good back. Idea. Good idea tonight uh, After with all these clips and stuff and getting a chance to do this after the fact instead of just projecting what was going to happen because we'd have been wrong on all of it. So <laughs> yeah. it was it was very good. And uh, <laughs> Coach is saying good idea, but he texts it first and say, hey, let's move the no, show so we can no, do I'm this. And, and then – I'm talking about these clips and everything. I told you the clips. I didn't say the fact we had it. I didn't have any idea you're going to be able to transpose those clips and everything. I was out. I was outstanding and uh, good job on it. I, I did a poor job of teeing them up too. So just limited. You've been away from ESPN for a while. We get it. We get it. I, I would say. I would say this, everybody. If you can go on YouTube and put James Brown on. I feel, feel good. good. I feel good. There you go. <laughs> and you should. And like you said, uh, Coach said, get, grab a peach milkshake, celebrate the state of Georgia. Yeah, that'd be good. The peach milkshake, <laughs> Big filet. I'm going to be up there in about a New York minute. <laughs> All right, folks, if you, if, uh, you want to come back, as we talked about uh, returning, tune in next Tuesday at noon. We will have another UGA Sports Live with Coach Donnan for you to check out. And a big shout-out to all our podcast sponsors, Your Pie, speaking of the peach, you'll get a peach of prosciutto, uh, Athens Ford, Academy Brewing Company, and Dead Soxy. Check them out, and we will check you out next Tuesday. I got, I got one thing else I want to ask, because all of you do these comments and everything. How many of you that watch tonight like having a night show occasionally? Uh, and, and if you don't like it, say it, too. Just – say it so we uh it's starting to get close to my bedtime but uh, anyhow it's uh, it's a good it's, it, let us know you know hey we gotta get, we gotta get uh, the fan approval or disapproval you know hey, tell us what it, you think if you want some dawn and after dark let us know <laughs> that's pretty good pretty good <laughs> i can really tell some good jokes after dark there you go <laughs> All right, say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie.